wake up, wake up, yeah. Gotta hit the blunt to make me focus. Lyrics flowing out like hocus pocus. I don't even... Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever inaugural podcast, last ever inaugural podcast of the We Call It Soccer Show. I'm Walker Manning, joined by my guy, Michael James Jeffrey Jordan, Fahey, media mogul. He breaks news before Fab. He's so in the know. He doesn't even know what the fuck is going on. Welcome, bud. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, let's get the show on the road. Am I right? Yeah. All right. Just a little rundown of what we're going to be doing in this show. We're going to be giving you guys in-depth analysis and predictions of every team in the Premier League week to week. We're going to break down games after they happen. We're going to give you our picks if you're into gambling, make you guys some serious money. And last but not least, certainly not least, we're going to talk about our boys in the red, white, and blue, where they're moving, what they're doing, who's banging in goals, what the baby Jesus Jr. is doing, and what baby Jesus Sr. is doing as well, most importantly. Oh, yeah. All right, bud. Uh, So first, we're going to go over transfer moves for every EPL team, some key signings, how we think we're going to do. You want to kick it off with Arsenal? Yeah, I'll start it off with Arsenal. So um, the rumors, you know, that have been circulating right now are uh, they're looking to get some center midfielders, um, particularly Awar uh, from Leon, and would be a great signing, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, they have no money. They couldn't afford Donny van de Beek, who we'll talk about later. They were basically told by Leon that Guendouzi, they don't want him. They don't want him. They just want cash for this deal. So it doesn't look like they'll be uh, getting him or Coutinho. He was thrown about by AFTV, but that's a pipe dream to put it lightly for him. But uh, things that are done though with Arsenal, you know, Gabriel, great signing in my opinion. They need the center back to play beside uh, Saliba. You know, unproven in the Premier League, so that's going to be a little iffy for him, but a lot of potential there. Big guy, left-footed, good passing range, great in the air. So I like that. Then uh, they have William, which I think is a very good signing for him because they – I'm not high on Pepe, so a Willian get in there, teach him some things would be good. You know, a little experience from someone who does it, still does it, did it, anything you need. He'll do a goal scorer, passer. He's really good, and uh, – Going back to their midfield, we have uh, Danny Ceballos, who they secured on another season-long loan. And uh, I do also like that one. It's, it helps him. You know, he was a key part in their midfield, and I think another season under Arteta will benefit him a lot and benefit Arsenal. So, in my opinion, all in all, decent window for Arsenal. Arsenal fans are going to keep reaching for the stars. Um, so, that, they'll always have that in their Arsenal. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I see what yeah. you did there. That was good. What do you think? Um, I'm totally with you with the Gabriel signing. Um, that's a, that's a great player. He's uh, I think he has a lot of potential, especially if you look at what everybody wants in a center back. They want someone who can use both feet, someone who's good in the air, and someone who can contribute when they're in the box on the other side of the corner. I think he brings all that to the table. Good signing, and you know they needed help with that back line. Yeah, but. Where you lose me is Willian. That dude is a mixed bag. He is, he is, 
he is Jekyll and Hyde of, uh, of, of football, in my opinion. It, one week, he'll give you a goal, a nice assist. He'll have good movement off the ball. He'll be a really productive player. But the next week, you'll find him out chilling at right back. Dude, what are you doing? So I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. But I, I don't know. I don't know. William Saliba, that's a guy that's had a lot of hype around him. Hopefully, he, he's up to perform. And uh, all in all, I think Arsenal's definitely going to improve this year. Uh, they could improve a lot more. They got a war, Partey, but uh, agreed. does not look like either of those moves are going to go down right now. Nah. So maybe maybe slight improvement in points, slight mm-hmm. improvement in their finish. Get top four out of your head, though, Gunners. Not happening. Shoot for Europa League again. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, become standard at that club. How the mighty have fallen, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're invincible still, though. All right. Uh, if you had to give them a finish in the table right now, where are you going with them? Oof. If I had given them a finish, I'd probably put them at a six. You know, I like what they did, but uh, I don't like it enough to, like we said, break into top four. There's just too much quality. And yeah. a six, seven is right around where I would put them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The teams above them, minus maybe Leicester, in my opinion, have improved. We'll get better next year. So it, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. But uh, we'll see if our boy Arteta can uh, can manufacture some magic down in London, you know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, see if he can bring them back to relevance. All right. Next, we have Aston Villa. Finally back in the Premier League last season, and they managed to stay up. Jack Grealish is staying with them. But other than that, not a ton of moves going on. They signed a two right-backs, one named Matty Cash from Nottingham Forest. Gotta love Knott's Forest. They had a solid season in the championship. Didn't finish as well as you would have liked, but nonetheless, they were closer to the top than the bottom in terms of goals allowed. So he's part of a strong defense and Aston Villa was able to stay up because they committed to their defensive identity. I think the likes of him as well as James Bree from Lutton town, it's going to be a good move. Good move. However, Aston Villa depends on the health and performance of one Jack Grealish and one junior Morais. Those two players, the amount of goal output and the amount of contribution that they can give to the team is going to determine whether this team can stay up for another year or whether the championship bound again. Um, I understand there's not enough money to go around during these hard times during coronavirus and everything. Clubs are strapped for money. But at the end of the day, I feel like Aston Villa need to do more for me to really feel comfortable with them staying up in the Premier League. What do you think? Uh, I completely agree. Yeah, it all comes down, in my opinion, to Jack Grealish. If he has a game, you know, they might get a point, maybe three if they're lucky. But if he's getting dogged by the other team, just off his game even, then they really have no shot. I think what they should have addressed in this window, well, they're still kind of addressing it. They definitely need a goalkeeper, I would think. And uh, they need to get Grealish help. And some a name that I've heard 
being tossed around is uh, Ollie Watkins, you know, the the big striker from Brentford. Mm. And uh, I like that. I think that would bring an extra dimension to that team if they could get it done. But it is around $28 million, so we'll see if they can pull that through. But um, I do think that could be a big addition. And, yeah, like you said, don't see him making any noise in the league uh, and fighting to stay up. I would put him around 17th. You know, I think they stay up, but I think it's going to take a, a big effort from Jack Grealish and company to do so. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think uh, think with Villa this year again, Villa fans, it's going to come down to the last day of the season. Let's yeah. see if you guys can stay up. Side note, though, love Brentford as a team. It's a shame they didn't go up in the championship playoff. Yeah. My opinion, they were the better of the two teams, but just got unlucky on the day. You know. Agreed. Agreed. Hope they stay up, though. That fan base deserves more than what they've been getting, right? Yeah, yeah, it would be. I think they got a real shot to come back up next year. If they don't lose Watkins, then I would almost ink it. But uh, as things stand, you know, I, I think they're the front runners, you know, to win the league. So we'll see. All right, moving on to Brighton, Hove, Albion, the boys that spend big every season and then inevitably – through injury or some other type of disappointment, let their fans down. What do you think about them? Um, you know, the big thing I take away from Brighton is a lot of departures. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of departures. I couldn't even count them. That's how high I was. And there are some big ones. You think they have Knockart went to Fulham, someone who they're going to be direct competition with to stay up. Uh Locadia went to the MLS to play for Cincinnati, so that's another important player gone. And then Aaron Moy to China, like the midfield guy, you know, is always solid, always puts 110% into everything. So that's going to be a big loss. And then finally, the last big one, in my opinion, was Glenn Murray. You know, not the fastest. He's one of the strongest, in my opinion. You know, he's uh, out and out nine. You know, he'll, he's good for a goal. Not really, but he could be. And I just think losing that and not getting a replacement for him is going to hurt. But onto the signings, I think Adam Alana was a good upgrade to Mui in some areas. Not like for like uh, Alana. is better defensively or offensively, and Mui was better defensively. But to get someone in there that caliber, I think, was pretty good. And then, uh, they got a solid center back in Joel Veltman from Ajax. So, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see what that does. But I, I, if I, I don't know if I rated that summer. You know, a lot of departures, I'm, it's like not great, not good really, but not terrible, not bad. So it's, it's okay, I would say. It's definitely okay. What do you think? Um, a player that I really liked that you mentioned was Joel Veltman. He's been part of a deep Champions League run. That Ajax team has been solid for a few years now, and even despite some big, big names leaving that team, mm-hmm. he, he's remained, he's stayed solid, and uh, he's just a good signing. Another signing that I want to tell you about is uh, my boy Ben White. They're getting him back on loan from Leeds United, part of the team that came up to the Premier League. Leeds United absolutely dominated the championship last year. Absolutely. They ran through everybody in their past. They even slipped up a bit at the end. Because it didn't matter. They, they were that far in front. They had that shit locked up. And I feel, feel like Ben White is going to contribute to that defense. 
But as you said, losing uh losing uh Duffy, right? And uh Aaron yeah, they lost Duffy. Yeah. Yeah. And Moy. Duffy, Aaron Moy, uh Glenn Murray. Those, those, those are big losses. Those are key players in their team in the last few years. So we're gonna see if Adam Lalana and, and company can step it up up front. Um yeah, it, it's uh, it's not bad. It's not great. What do you think they finished this year? You know, I don't see them in a relegation fight. I don't. Uh, I see them comfortably sitting 15, maybe 14 in the table when it's all said and done. I don't really see them going down. Uh, just because if they stay healthy, there's just too much talent to go down with that team. So, and there are definitely worse teams in the league than them. So I think they'll be safe, but again, not, not much noise. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I don't, I think they'll secure their spot. They're a team that's probably aiming to push top half of the table. Inevitably they won't get it, but yeah. they won't get relegated because of the money they spend and the talent they have on, on here. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Now we are moving on to the boys. Those mongoloids down in Burnley, you ugly-ass fan base. But I love it because being a Philadelphia Eagles fan, I can absolutely respect being a shithead at the game. I love it. I love – except, you know, some things, of course. (laughs) But giving players a nice heckle, let them know that this is not going to be an easy 90 minutes. I can absolutely get behind this, and that's why I love this team. In terms of transfer market – they didn't do much. They got Ben Gibson back on loan. They signed, they're signing Will Norris for an undisclosed fee. And they got a lad by the name of Aiden O'Neill. Um, going to be honest, never heard of any of these guys. Uh, on top of that, they lost Joe Hart. Um, not much movement in the team. That being said, though, there are rumors about uh, Dwight McNeil possibly on a move. Many clubs are interested in can't blame him. He's a young player. He's a very good player. And he is what makes that attack go when they go. Keyword when they go. <laughs> this team will sit back. This team will park 10, 11 people in the, in, the, in the box. Their strikers are going to be playing as defensive midfielders. And it's just a tough day. It's just a tough day to play in Brighton. And some people will say it's boring soccer. I'm saying it's soccer with heart. It's soccer that shows these guys play for the badge. This yeah. team is something that I admire year in and year out. And Sean Dyke, he should have won it over Jurgen Klopp next last year. I don't care what anybody says. He's the best manager in the prem. Look at their wage bill and look at how they finish. That, that club is an economic model of efficiency, effectiveness, and good Dirty ass playing soccer. <laughs> I, I I love them. I love I love Burnley. Um, and I think I think they might be able to crack the top ten, but they're gonna finish around that that mid table range yet again. Just because, I mean, look at their wage bill. They they're doing a lot with a little man. It's what they do. Finish mid table. <laughs> great. What you it. think? Uh, yeah, you know. You could be Man City or you could be Fulham. Going to Burnley is not easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, like, I could play for them, and they, they'd still probably pull out a draw with the way that uh, Sam's coaching them. So it's – I don't want to say fun team to watch. 
they're uh, like you said, a gritty, gritty team to watch. But the no transfer movement is, or the little transfer movement, kind of hurts them. Uh, they can't lose McNeil. You know, uh, Carrington graduate. You know, United guy. Uh, so you know he has talent, but it's they can't lose him. He's such, such, such an important piece to that team. And if they lose him, they could definitely drop him a couple spots on the table, in my opinion because I think the middle of the pack is going to be pretty close. But, uh, yeah, I see him around, you know, I see him at 12, 13-ish, because I think teams that uh, were around them have gotten better. So that's kind of where I put them. But definitely not a relegation team by any any sense of the word. They're staying up again. That's what they do. They grind out results. They stay up. They collect the check. Yep. That's what they do. Just do their thing. All right. <clears throat> now you got the boys who are playing on FIFA career mode in this transfer market. We uh, gave them a ban, and it didn't matter. They flipped the middle finger at FIFA, at UEFA, at everybody. You can't stop them from spending. What do you think about Chelsea? Yeah, no, you definitely can't stop them from spending, but uh, they can stop themselves from spending smartly. I mean – you put it perfectly this is this is probably my least besides teams that don't sign anyone this is my least favorite transfer window team with yeah they got the big names they got the Werner they got Havertz ZX Belongsar Chilwell Thiago all great only one of those guys (laughs) maybe two checks off a need for that team and the one guy who definitely does is 35 years old I it's Good players all around besides Chilwell, like 50 million for Chilwell, daylight robbery, daylight robbery. I can't believe Lester was able to get that. But I think, you know, their, their players are going to clash the attackers. You know, Ziyech and Havertz take up the same spaces. Werner and Pulisic take up the same spaces. So if uh, Frank can teach these boys, coach them up a bit, uh, see if they can work together which don't have the confidence in Frank. But if they do, these guys are talented enough to be fighting for something in the Premier League for years, years to come. But uh, that defense definitely needs to get better. And it can't just be all on Keppa because, you know, Keppa can't do anything. So they spent a lot. Was it in the right places? Definitely not. And it's uh, they're going to be spending big again next summer after they realize uh, what a sieve of a defense they have. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, what about you? Wow. That is, uh, that's quite a lot to unpack. But uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I am, I'm mostly with you there. Because you make good points. The only need, the only guy that guarantees that they filled a hole in need is 35-year-old Thiago Silva. That being said, you saw him play in the Champions League. He held his shit down. He's a beast still. He's a beast. They got a few more years in him. Uh, I've been hearing rumors that Malang Sar is going to be loaned out this year. That is what the chairman said when they signed him. But moves yet to be made on that. And they just loaned out a uh, youth academy player in Ethan Empadu to Sheffield United. So maybe that says Malang Sar stays. I feel like they have options and competition at center back that may improve their play. But I agree with you up top. The, the play styles clash. The play styles definitely clash. Um, maybe they're not as good as they want to, 
But I guarantee you this. If you watch a Chelsea football game, soccer game, because that's what we call it here in the States, <laughs> you're going to see goals. If you doubt that soccer is a fun sport to watch, I plead you to go watch the baby Jesus senior, Christian Pulisic. Not Pulisic. Guys, he wants the American pronunciation. Oh, yes, he does. Watch him and his boys play. It is entertaining football. It's fast-flowing football. They could be up 2-0 and then down 3-2, two minutes later. Yeah. See the Bournemouth game from the end of last year. <laughs> this team is going to be fun to watch, but uh, I- I'm with you. They didn't really spend their money wisely. I would have loved to see them. There's a rumor that I I would have loved to see them spend big on Oblak. That would have been a game-changer, but then again, that's one of those guys that he's probably an untouchable. If, if Atletico wants him to be a lifer, he could be a lifer because he, he enjoys it there. He is a Simeone player. It's amazing. I can't blame him. Yeah, I definitely agree. I also would have liked to see them uh, not spend $50 million on Chilwell and add about another 30 to it and bring in Cool Bali and really sure up that defense. That would have made that – yeah, that, I just can't, I can't overstate how much I don't like that Chilwell signing. But, yeah, I still see them, you know, fighting for top four again. You know, I have them fourth in my table. So, I see them make a Champions League once again. Yeah, I, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to say this right now. I don't have Chelsea making the Champions League. Um, I, I'm with you on the Chilwell signing, though. This is a big thing in, uh, in soccer nowadays. The overrated English players. Like, they're good. Uh, they're solid. Yeah. They're proven. But why is everybody getting their their center backs from Lee Boone? Like, it, why are you spending fifty million for a left back who he was a solid player? But fifty million guys, I I, I think that money definitely could have went to better use. Yeah. So um, I'm with you there. All right, now we are going to tackle a team with a lot of history, a club that's very respectable, and a club with a man who is playing at a club far below his talents. Of course, we're talking about Crystal Palace, Wolf Zaha, and the boys down in Selhurst Park. Yeah. Get to it. You know, There's only uh, one thing to talk about here. There's only one signing that matters. Everybody uh, knows his name. Eberechi Ezi. I don't know if I'm, a, if I'm pronouncing that right. Go type it in. Watch his YouTube highlights, have a cup of coffee, sit back, and just enjoy finesse. That is all I can say about this kid. He is excellent on the ball. He's an excellent dribbler. He can score the ball. He can pass the ball. He's solid in the air as well. And he is young. Him, Zaha, uh, Andros Townsend, uh, is it, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, the Spavit, the Spavit guy. Milliken... Am I thinking of um, Yeah, Miller something. Miller Lincoln. Yeah, Miller something. Solid midfielder. They got a solid backline. They play good defense year in and year out. And I think that uh, Zaha having some health in the front is just going to improve his numbers and improve Palace's performance. That being said, it's hard to see them finishing above where they did because yeah. I look at the teams around them and they got better. They're going to be better. Uh, it, it, it's just hard to see that much of an improvement. That 
I think they stay up. They definitely stay up. They finish around that mid-table range. But, like, if they finish in that 13 to 15 range, like, I think that's a solid finish for them. It's what's to be expected. However, I think that it will be a better watch this year. You have two really talented players up front. You have Andros Townsend playing balls in. I, I love him as a player. He's very talented. Mm-hmm. Get your hair cut, bro. It looks goddamn ridiculous. The only the only person with a worse cut than Townsend, I think, is Phil Foden. Disrespectful, um, you even compare the two. Look, it, it's a bowl cut versus what the hell are you doing? Like, look, bowl cut versus no cut. Bowl cut versus no cut. Yes, beautiful, beautiful comparison. <laughs> and I'd it, much it, rather have no cut. If you're a Palace fan, though, don't expect too much improvement. Uh, don't worry about being relegated either, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I definitely think you should be worried about being relegated. Um, I just think Zaha is hes the focal point of that team. And if something were to happen to him, he does have a slight injury history. So if he goes down, I don't think anyone can carry the load that they're bringing and the teams that came up this year are very solid teams you know they're not they're no pushovers they're not bouncers well we'll get to that but I just think they're going to be fighting for 17th 18th you know and it's uh it's going to be a tough one they're going to play really entertaining uh, really entertaining soccer so I'm excited to watch them play but uh I don't have much hope for this palace team that's uh that's more than a fair assessment. They've uh they've been the staple of mediocrity in the Premier League for years, to be honest. All right? Yeah. So I know you're excited about this team for obvious reasons. Oh yeah. Moving on to the toffees. What do you think about Everton this year? My favorite, favorite summer of any Premier League team. They have completely ripped out the midfield and refurbished it, put a brand new kitchen in that house. And oh my God, what signings. So we're going to start with uh, the guy who was announced today, Decore. Uh, good center, good center defensive mid. He's going to hold it down for you. And then it's, he's not going to give you much going forward, but he's not going to give you mistakes. And I think that's all you can ask for <laughs> when you got someone like Allen playing beside him, who is another great signing. But the guy who we bake the cake for, James mm-hmm. Rodriguez. This guy is going to take the Premier League by storm. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. By the end of this year, you're going to be looking at the top of sisters. Possibly player of the year if Everton can do something. It's going to be Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandez, James Rodriguez. He is in that echelon of player in the Premier League, and I do not think Premier League defenses are ready for what this Colombian maestro will bring to this Everton side. It is going to be, it's going to be amazing. Richarlison finally has someone who's going to give him the service he needs and look out for Richarlison to be up there in the golden boot conversation. I mean, this midfield has revamped this entire team and I am excited. I am very, very, very excited. I could see a Europa League push for this team and Everton's going to be, Everton's going to be a good team. They're going to be respectable again. Maryside might not be red this year. So we'll see. We'll see. I have them finishing around uh, seventh, you know, fighting with Arsenal on my table. So uh, I'm very excited for them. Wow. 
Lots of hot takes to unpack there. <laughs> Mary side might not be red. Comments up there in the leading of sisters, but uh, I absolutely agree. They have absolutely revamped this midfield. Look at what they were working with last year. Alex Wolby, Andre Gomesh, and um, Yuffie Sigurdsson. Yeah. And compare that to <laughs> Allen, Thomas Rodriguez, and Zakori. There, there is no comparison. That and, and no. the midfield is the engine that makes football te- soccer teams. Yeah, soccer watch teams. Out. Work. Watch out! I gotta watch out. We call it soccer in this bitch. Um, it, it's the engine that makes these teams go. And I think that Richarlison is obviously a talented player. I, I love Moise Keane. He, he's one of my favorite players, actually. I think it's absolutely dumb that Juventus let him go last year. He didn't get enough playing time. I think he steps up, takes Dominic Calvert-Lewin's spot. That attack, that midfield is deadly. However, I'm not going to like this. I got some questions in that back line, mainly in the center back pair and the goalkeeper. Jordan Pickford. Pickford. Anxiety. That is the only thing I think about with Jordan Pickford. I want my keeper to be cool calm and collected and he is just off the walls same with michael Keane. he uh he, he plays good long balls out the back he's decent in the air but he doesn't sense danger well and yarimina he is a big body he has all the tools he's colombian <laughs> but his performance in last year's and everton's goal allowed total speaks otherwise I, I do I do think that they will finish around that seventh spot, possibly in a Europa League spot, because that's just what Everton do. Last year was a dip in form. Ancelotti is an excellent manager, proven track record, made man. They're going to do well. And uh, that midfield is going to boss some people. Oh, yeah. Not many oh, yeah. teams in the Premier League I see that can compete with that outside of the top six. So, oh yeah, I'm with you there. All right, is that a, is that it for Everton? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Besides, uh, Pickford out, like you said, just get get him out at all costs. If you don't like this next club, and you're listening to us from the states, turn it off right now. I I, I don't even know what to tell you. We're talking about full America FC, going back to the traditions. Signing our boy Anthony Jedi Robinson. Oh yeah. As an avid Star Wars fan and <laughs> avid American person, I can't get enough of this kid. The game film, it's decent. He's a good player. And I think he is uh recovering what it means to be a solid defensive fullback. And I think that's how Fulham's gonna stay up. Maybe he's not as skilled going forward as other fullbacks. Maybe he's not going to put on, put in those dimes or crosses that we love to see. Maybe he's not going to overlap the winger. But he's going to lock down on that left side. He's a solid player, and they got him for a bargain, $3.85 million from Wigan Athletic. Shout out Wigan Athletic declaring bankruptcy, robbing their club of 10 points. What are y'all doing? But, love to see it. What? I'd love to see it. And you brought up this guy earlier. They signed a man by the name of Anthony Knockhart. Solid player, solid right winger. 
He's a Premier League player, and that is what they need. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, I don't love many of the signings. They signed players like Harrison Reed, the midfielder who lost his state, who lost his place at Southampton when Fashion Hootle came in. They signed Mario Lamina. I've never really heard of him, to be honest, so I don't love the signing. Then other than that, they've signed a few championship-level players. As much love as I have for this club and as many chances as they give to Americans, I think it's the same thing again. They get bounced because when you look at the clubs around them, who's going to be fighting for relegation? They're just so obviously a weak link in the table. Maybe it comes down the end. I I pray, I pray that our boy Anthony Robinson can stay up and get another year in the Premier League. But I, I, I can't see it, especially if the cottage is going to be empty. Fulham yes. Cottage is going to be empty. It's not the same. They're going to have a hard time. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I do think that uh, Mario Lamina, I like that signing. He's, I've loved him since for a couple years now. Just uh, First, it was his name. I don't know why. And then just the way he played, he's very flair. He's a lot of flair. He's a skillful player. He doesn't have the biggest, uh, biggest brain on him. So that's always a problem when it comes to midfielders. But I think he has the athleticism and ability to make a midfield spot his on this team and possibly be the guy that, you know, leads the, uh, the fight for relegation for Fulham. But, uh, yeah, I like the Anthony Robinson signing. Uh, good left back. You know, he's very fast, very fast. He's good recovery speed. Um, I'm so happy to see that he's recovered well from his uh, heart surgery last year that failed his move to Milan. That's another thing we got to remember. This kid was going to be bought by AC Milan to play left back, and Fulham just got him. So you got to think there's something there. If a team like Milan wants you, then uh, – and you go to and you happen to get that player, you probably got yourself a pretty solid player. And he's American, which is plus ten. So you know it's great. But yeah, it's it's the it's a bounce here for Fulham. It's uh, I think they're gonna go back down. I they may put up a fight. Not too sure. I have them nineteenth, but uh, the bottom's close. Those bottom four teams are close, so they may be able to scrape by. But I don't see it. I do not see it. Yeah. Um... I'm I'm with you all the way there with that uh that foam assessment. They they're getting bounced. That's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah. They just didn't do enough. Didn't do Not enough. enough. No. Next up, we have a team that I am very excited to talk about. I'm very high on their manager. I'm very high on their fan base, and I am just loving that they're back in the Premier League. We got Leeds United. Leeds United is back, baby. They're finally back after years in the championship, and they are here to stay, let me tell you right now. They got Rodrigo. Blazing pace out of Valencia. He is a solid striker. I'll even say that he is CL. He is champions Leeds. He will grab you 15-plus goals and some assists, and he will get you places. He will take you places. They have Helder Costa back from Wolves. People may not know this guy, but guess why you don't know? Because he's got a cat named Adama Traore starting in front of him. 
you think this kid can't play? You ain't seen him play. He can play. We got Robin Coach, style player, Freiburg. They are a tough out in the Bundesliga, let me tell you. And a guy part of that defense is an amazing signing. They got Jack Harrison on load from my boys at Man City. If you're part of that youth academy, I believe in you. Jaden Sancho, Phil Foden, Jaden Brass. Watch out for him in a few years. They have names. They have talent. And the list ends there. Yeah. <laughs> they, they got talent. They do. They got, they got my man's Leif Davis, one of the best left backs in the championship last year. And we can't talk about Leeds United with talking about that dude who has been a Premier League level talent for years. For years. He's a solid player. He's going to take the league by storm. I'm talking about Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a top five defensive mid in the Premier League this year. He is solid. He senses danger well. He plays long balls out of the back. And he has a knack for getting involved in the attack when they need it. Up top, I love Tyler Roberts. I love Patrick Bamford. And Rodrigo just adds another solid player to that lineup. But most importantly about Leeds, their manager. Marcelo Bielsa, Pep Guardiola's mentor. There is only one stadium in Argentina named after a player or a, a footballer, a soccer player, soccer person. It's not Leo Messi. It's not Diego Maradona. It's not Zabaleta. Shout out. It is Marcelo Bielsa. Why? Because the man is a soccer genius. He will keep this club up. Not only will he keep this club up, I think this club is finishing top 10. He's going to tactically outclass other managers. They spent big in the transfer market, and that's what matters the most. And they have a club with history. They have a club with success. And they're going to show that they're back, and they're back to stay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Not much more I can say. I do think that their strongest asset is 100% uh, the coach. You know, it's it's hard to have a top level coach or manager come in on your in your first season. He didn't even come in. He brought them here, and to have a manager of that caliber in your first season in the Premier League will only do well. And uh, Leeds has a history of being up. You know, they're they're a tough fight. You know, there's a lot of rivalries. They're always going to be a tough game. And I agree. I top 10, I could, I could see him finishing 10th. I could see him finishing 10th. I have him at around 11, but this team is strong. You know, when they first came up, thought they were going to bounce then a little bit more research, but I, I think this team, uh, they're definitely going to stay up and they can fight for that top 10, like you said. So it's, they're going to be exciting to watch. All right. Now moving on to the team that pulled some absolute highway robbery on the boys in Chelsea, London. Talking about Leicester City. What do you think they do this year? Uh, Leicester, just not much. Not much, you know. I, I don't really think they got better. 
I don't really have much to say about this team other than cereal bottlers. I mean, Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> I mean, you could give this guy the trophy and he'd probably drop it. So I don't really know what, what – I don't think they do anything of any significance while he's still at the helm. You saw that major collapse that they had last year. It's, it's going to be tough for him. I have him eighth, and I think I – think that's kind of where they belong, but I wouldn't be surprised if they dip further. I think uh, they still have Vardy, and that's their saving grace and Schmeichel. But I, I don't see him doing anything at all. And uh, it's, yeah, just nothing at all. All because Rodgers, really. He's just – we go from one great coach to one a horrible coach, in my opinion. And it's uh, – I don't think they'll do that well. Yeah, I um, I'm with you there. They didn't. I don't feel like they did nearly enough in the transfer market. You saw how thin that squad was at the end of last year. Very. You can talk about injuries. You can talk about that's why they didn't finish in the top four. But at a certain point, I agree with you. You have to put that on the manager. They got to get that done. They were ahead of Manchester City. They were ahead of them, and look where they finished. That is. Absolutely ridiculous. One signing, though, that I did like. I don't know how it fits, but I liked it. Timothy Castagne, Italian right back from Atalanta. No, Belgium right back from Atalanta. Sorry about that. I don't know how he fits because, obviously, he's a right back. They have Ricardo Pereira. Ben Chilwell left. However, he's played on the left before. So... I can see maybe he plays on the left, decent fit. But uh, I, I describe him more in that Hakimi, Guerrero, uh, Traore, like he's a wing back through and through. He flies up the pitch, and at Atalanta, he played as a wide player with three center backs in behind him. That's not how Leicester play. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about the fit, but I see the talent. And uh, as far as the finish, I'm definitely with you there. I think they fall further down the table this year. Jamie Vardy being Jamie Vardy, fucking doing coke, uh, drinking seven Red Bulls and an espresso before a game, scoring a hat trick. That's the only way that this team gets stuff done. And I really doubt a repeat performance of his form last year's on. All right. The team... Both of us absolutely despise, but we will try and be as unbiased as possible. It probably won't happen. Not at all. We're talking about the defending Premier League. <clears throat> it was a fluke. Champions, Liverpool, take it away, I guess. Uh, no, yeah, it's um, the one thing I'm happy to say is uh, terrible summer. I mean, mm-hmm. Uh, they got a left back and it's not like one of their best players in the squad is a left back. You know, depth is always important, but this Costa Simicas guy uh, from Olympiacos, Olympiacos, you know, they were a good team last year. So maybe he has some talent. I, mean, I haven't seen him play, but I mean, they they had a marquee. So they still do have a marquee signing out on the table for him, but are they going to pay up 30 million for one of the best midfielders in the world of Thiago? 
remains to be seen, even though like every club in the world should be lining up to do that deal. And if they don't get Thiago in, I will venture to say that this is a terrible window for a team defending their Premier League title with all the teams behind them getting better. So I definitely, definitely don't see them uh, maintaining the title this year. I actually have them fighting for fourth. A little bit biased, I guess, but, you know, what have they done? Everyone's gotten older and it's, they only signed a left back. So that's great. But uh, yeah, fighting for fourth is where I see and that maybe that's definitely harsh, but I can dream a little bit. We all can. <laughs> we all can, brother. And uh, here's what I think. I think Mohamed Salah suffers a massive dip in form because his best friend, Behan Lovren, has left the club. They sold his ass back to Russia. That is, that's beyond cold. This is their, our, I'd say their second, maybe, mm, I thought it was like their third best player. So I, I, I'd rate Allison, maybe Van Dyke and Mane, definitely Mane above them in terms yeah. of attacking prowess. But uh, I think he suffers a different form, and I definitely agree with you. They didn't do too much in the transfer window. Um, again, a cat by the name of Marco Grujic, back on loan from Hertha BSC. Uh, Hertha had a strong finish in the Bundesliga. However, if this deal gets done, rumored Gigi went out into uh, Barcelona. If that gets done, then I don't think he's the caliber player to step in for him. Simikas, he's a good player, really good player. You saw what he did to United. He was uh, the lone bright spot, in my opinion. I mean, Wolves, Wolves, right? Yeah. They played Wolves. Yeah, they played he was alone. He was a lone bright spot on that team. He he can play dangerous balls in from the left hand side, but you said it. Andy Robinson is one of, if not the best, best left back in the league. So I don't really understand that signing. I get it, strengthened from a position of strength, but uh, not with that. All right, now we are on to my team of choice. The boys in baby blue, oil money out the ass. Some people hate us. Most people hate us. But much like the Philadelphia Eagles, you don't like us. We don't care. Because we're just racking up fucking trophies in this bitch, all right? We got Nathan Aki coming in. We got Fredon Torres coming in. Oh, he scored a goal for Spain? The other day? Yes, he did. He started and scored a goal. We got we we got some rumors. Got some rumors. If we can get this cool Bali deal done, I mean I already think we're clear, to be honest. But if we get this cool Bali deal done, maybe Pep's overthinking in Champions League might not even hurt us because we got because we got a lockdown guy. The only there's two weak spots in this team. It's the fullbacks, and it's the goalkeeper. Ederson is, I can count on my hands how many mistakes he is away from losing that goddamn spot. And I pray he does, because we got a boy by the name of Zach Steffen backing him up. U.S. of A made a sick double save to secure the draw against France right before they won the World Cup with a full-strength team. 
I want him to start. But as far as the fullbacks, uh, we didn't do enough. We just simply did not do enough. Kyle Walker is an asshole. Ben Mendy is an asshole. Angelino, I'm glad he's out. Zinchenko plays Cam for his national team. The only one I really like is Jacques Cancelo. He's a solid player. But guess what Pep does? He plays him at left back. All that being said, I still think when it plays out, they're the best team in the Premier League. They're probably going to win the league. However, that is not the club's priority. I mean, it, it, it is, but you know what they really want. They want that yeah. Champions League title. Is that going to happen? No. I seriously doubt it. I'm not over the loss to Lyon. I don't think I ever will be. But the fact that we didn't sign a single fullback this season, that is, that's worrying. Extremely so. And the fact that we were about to throw $700 million over five from Messi before signing a fullback or a Koulibaly, when we have extreme depth up top, it, it scares me. So, I think we win the league. I think we flame out of Champions League yet again. Probably win another trophy in the FA or the McDonald's Cup. Uh, I hope Jaden Braff plays this, this year. And look out for the boy with the bowl cut. Having women's at his hotel in his first England call-up, Phil... Hey, I'm excited to watch him play this year. What about you? What do you think about the boys across town in Manchester? Yeah, um, you know, definitely uh, still the little brother. You can't win the trophy that actually matters. But, you know, they're definitely going to win the league again. Yeah, congrats to Pep on that. Uh, I agree with you. The goalie is the weakest spot. Yeah, Ederson's great with his feet, but he's not a midfielder. He has to be good with his hands. And uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I think the combination of Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial beat him at his near post three times just last season at his near post and uh, all three crucial goals. So, I mean, if you don't have a goalie that can protect his near post, is he really a goalie? And plus, I want him out, like you said, Zach Steffen, clear by miles, maybe even kilometers, however they say it over in Europe. But it's it's Ederson. I believe, you know, once you spend, like, the fullbacks spent about, what, $250 million on them. So you kind of got to hope that you can squeeze some juice out of that lemon. But uh, I I like Jao Cancelo, great player. I like Kyle Walker because he messes up a lot, but he has the pace to recover for it. When he loses that, he's not a good player. Um, and, yeah, I don't think Cool Bali's coming. I, I think that's a, a deals up in flames. Uh, but – if they can get him, you know, I think that inks the league, but it doesn't ink the Champions League. Uh, I think he did need a guy named Messi to make a final. So we'll see. Definitely have them winning the league by a decent margin. But uh, yeah, Champions League, like you said, should be the goal, but I don't think it's a goal they can reach. I'm with you there. Uh, it's still mind boggling to me how we were willing to mortgage four or five really good players for Messi. Yeah. I mean, he is Messi. He is Messi, but uh, how did Barcelona take that? How do we think of that? (laughs) Why is Koulibaly not signed? Questions. 
don't have the answers. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Now we're going to, as you say, the Big Brothers, the club that is the only publicly traded company in England. We're talking about the Red Devils. We're talking about the Class 99. We're talking about Ali, Gunna, Solshire, and the boys. What do you think about Manchester United? Oh, you got to love Ollie's tricky reds. I mean, you know, everyone and their mother gets linked to United in the transfer window. So not really uh, surprised by that. But, uh, you know, Donny Van De Beek, great signing, I think. You know, adds depth, uh, attack, box to box. He's a good midfielder and he can't have enough midfielders. Um, but I do think they signed three players this summer, one of them being Donny Van De Beek and the other two, Jaden Sancho and a Spaniard. It's either going to be Thiago or it's either going to be Sergio Relejon to back up Luke Shaw. Uh, I'm fine with either. I'm fine with either. I still think Luke Shaw starts, but he is injury prone. So Relejon would be good. And then Thiago, a midfield of Pogba, Thiago, and Bruno. I mean, you can't list many in the world that are better than that. So, you know, whatever they do, I think uh, they'll definitely get two more done. And then the next week or so, I would expect the, the number seven shirt in Manchester to uh, be occupied by someone. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. I am very excited for them. It's They're very young. Marcus Rashford, great player. Martial had his best season in the United shirt. Pogba's still there. Bruno, the glue guy, I mean – he transformed this team. They're still unbeaten with him in the Premier League. So all great signs. It's just not a fan of Maguire. He shouldn't be the captain. He should be thrown out of this club, in my opinion. Just basically dragged him through the mud with his whole inc- uh, Greek incident. I think he's lying about it, but we'll see. And having the goalkeeper competition that United has right now, you have De Gea and Henderson. I mean, you wouldn't be looked at like a psycho if you said De Gea and Henderson are a couple of top keepers in the Premier League right now, and United have both of them. So I think it's going to be good competition. It will bring out the best for them. And, uh, you know, I think all that, coupled with the signings that they will make, unlike City hoping for cool Bali, uh, I think we get second. I think United get second in the league, uh, not close to Man City. So I don't think they're challenging for the title. I think City runs away with it, but... I think they get second. They edge out Chelsea and uh, Chelsea and Tottenham. So I think uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be excited to be to be watching Ollie's Reds this year. And uh, you know he's at the wheel. So let's see where he takes it. What about you? Yeah, I think United is probably the second best team in England. Bruno Fernandes, that dude is glue. You said it. You said it all. You can say what you want about he gets pens and all. Uh, he makes the pens. That's a skill. Exactly. He plays dangerous balls in behind. He is a guy that brings the team closer together. You could you could see it. The, the play that stands out to me the most is that one corner. He just cuts it back to Pogba at the top of the box. Pogba. That says all you need to know about that guy. He brings the team together. Goalkeeper competition. I'm with you all the way there. They got two of the best in the league. Both of which I think are better than the dude starting in baby blue, Ederson. But uh, you guys are going to be solid. You guys are going to be a solid team. The only weakness I see, and we've been over this, 
that midfield seems too attacking. Donny van de Beek, I, I've heard he can play the eight, but on Ajax, he was a link-up guy. He, he, gets, he plays the ball to Tadic. Tadic plays it out wide or he shoots the ball. He, he's, he's a link-up guy. Pogba, I think, is built to be a defensive midfielder, but that is not what he enjoys doing, and that is not what he excels at. He, he's great holding up the ball. He's a phenomenal passer, and he's probably one of the best scorers out of the midfield in the world, if not the best. And Bruno Fernandes, I can't say enough good things about that guy. However, when I look at those three players, I don't see, I don't see an asshole. And you need an asshole. Fernandinho, asshole. All three of Liverpool's midfielders have a bit of asshole in them. Nemanja Matic. I just don't think United has that yet. I think Matic can do that, but uh, that's why I want Thiago. I mean, he he would play the role that he essentially played with Bayern, and I'm not saying United or Bayern, uh, but I think... I think the United, if they did sign him, the team mentality would switch. I don't think they'd be a counterattacking team unless they play like the big teams like Pep's uh, City and it suits them. But I think that signing could change the dynamic. So, yeah, it all depends on what happens, but uh, going to be exciting. Going to be a, a very dominant year in Manchester with these two teams. Yeah, I'm with you there. And uh, if you guys get Thiago done, uh, that that is a game changer for you guys. Got depth all over the place when Regulon gets announced. It's not announced yet, guys. This dude's in the know. It'll you happen. Thank us later. If there's betting lines on it, fucking hammer your mortgage on Regulon to go to United. Like I, he's in the know. I don't know what else to tell you. All right. Uh, next up, though, we got Newcastle United. But before that, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna go re up on the alcohol. Fahey, what are you drinking today? Uh, water. I'm kidding. No. Bud Light Seltzers. But they go down like water. Bud Light Seltzers. Shout out Bud Light Seltzers. What is your favorite flavor of Bud Light Seltzer? Oh, it has to be a uh, strawberry. Although uh, I am a fan of the new pineapple that just came out. It's pretty good. Pretty good. So uh, <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> sponsor us, Bud Light Seltzer. We love pineapple. Uh <laughs> Today on the menu, I got some shots of Bacardi, and we also got the original Bartles James, established in 1984. It's a premium wine cooler. I stick with the ginger and lemon flavor. Call it soft if you want. I like some antioxidants in my liquor. I like, I like to feel a buzz and know that I'm taking care of my gut health, because you know why? Gut health is the key. It's the key to a long, successful, and sustainable life. Be right back with the next team on our preview. Now, I am going to take on another club that I'm fond of. However, I'm not too fond of the move they made. We're talking about Newcastle United, a team that was rumored to be out to be bought out by oil money. This is a fan base that I'm going to say right here, even though I love Manchester City, this is a fan base that deserved oil money. These, these guys are passionate. Like I said about Burnley, there's some ugly mongoloids down in Newcastle. They, they play good, gritty soccer. 
and the fans go out to support year in and year out. They deserve more. But let's get down to the signings. One that I love, Ryan Frazier, talented winger from Bournemouth. Honestly, one of the lone bright spots on that team. But other than that, I don't love a whole lot of their moves. Uh, they signed Callum Wilson to revamp that striker spot with Jawington. There's really nothing I can say about that. The man is just as responsible as everybody else on that Bournemouth team for getting him relegated. It's not more responsible than everybody else. He didn't score enough goals. Jawington didn't score enough goals last year. This team, at the end of the day, doesn't have goals in them. They're going to play solid defense. They're going to grind out some draws. John Joe Shelby is going to bang in a few top-of-the-drawer goals, get three points from him a few times. But at the end of the day, they, they did not improve in any sense of the word. That being said, I'm sorry to tell you this, Newcastle guys. I got y'all going down this year. The falling through of the bid for the club by the oil money combined with the lack of signings, combined with Callum fucking Wilson and Joe Arlington up top, I this, this season is going to be a disaster. I, I see it now. I don't think they do much. I, I think they get relegated. It's going to be close. It's definitely going to be close. They're not going to be the last team. It's going to be one of those things, maybe last day of the season. But I, I, I can't see Newcastle staying up this year, unfortunately, especially with no fans. Like, that's the thing about this coronavirus. All these clubs that have a big history and a large fan base maybe have been able to get away with not spending because it is a tough out to go to that stadium. That's thrown out the window. It's thrown out the window. This is about talent nowadays. And Newcastle, severely lacking in it. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I I those signings I love Ryan Frazier great great player I think uh, he's going to add a dimension to that team offset pieces free kicks he he's, he's really good at it. I don't want to call him a master because he's not but he's very good you can expect him to score a couple of those if he gets him in the right spots this year but Callum Wilson man this guy you want to talk about flash in the pan uh, had his uh, I believe he had his angling call up a year, year and a half ago, and where'd he go? I, I, I haven't found him because he clearly wasn't at Bournemouth last year when they needed him. So it's – yeah, they're, they're going to be fighting. I have them in that four-team range I was saying, you know, between 16 and 18 or 19, that's going to be neck and neck till the last day of the year. So for hopefully for their fans and for them, they can stay up and live to fight another day. But that deal falling through with the – the Saudi Arabian bid is crushing, crushing and killed their hopes. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if unfortunately Newcastle went down, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they stayed up, but not good signing. So they didn't start on the right foot in my opinion. Yeah. It's a, it's a fan base that deserves better. Yes. It's a fan base that deserves oil money. That's such a thing to deserve. And uh, I think it's going to be an unfortunate season for the boys in black and white. Also, I agree. I, I, I don't want to call this a shout-out, 
Let's call this shots fired. Whoever the fuck is designing the Newcastle jerseys, please, 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 please get some more creativity. It's been the same every single year. You guys added another goddamn stripe this year, and you want to call it a new kit. You got you got the kanji on the front, and that's fine. I'm all for that. It's a nice looking ad. I like the white blue, but no, no, it's not original. And uh, the oil bid falling through combined with the lack of creativity on dope kits, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. Definitely. All right, next, we have a team that is inherently cursed for reasons we will not disclose, but they grind out results anyway. They are a gritty-ass team. They are the boys that lost Dino Henderson. Sheffield United, what do you think about them, Micah? Yeah, that's a great point to start off on. I mean, losing Dean Henderson, monumental is the word that comes to mind. It's You don't replace the keeper of his caliber one, two, three, especially when you didn't get the funds for losing a keeper of his caliber. So, I mean, Aaron Ramsdale needed, not great. I mean, definitely strapped for cash. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it was needed. That's all I can really say about that. Um, Ethan Impadu, good signing, good signing. You know, young center back. It is a loan deal, so... Who knows, maybe he'll show up and then they'll have to get rid of him again like happened with uh, Dean. But I like it. I like it. I think uh, I think that they stay up. They definitely drop the table. They're not going to be fighting for Europa League this year. Um, I have them at around 12th in that area, right around Burnley, right around Leeds. I think that's, uh, that's their caliber of team they are this year. You know, maybe they get lucky, get a couple bounces, which clearly is the end of last year. They were not getting that Aston Villa goal. That goal did not. That goal went in. That wasn't a goal. I, I don't know, but. Wasn't a goal. Wasn't a goal. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess they changed the rule for a game. But uh, it's uh, yeah, it's not going to be good for them. They got some depth signings, though, so we'll see. I don't have much hope for them. Definitely not going down, though. Definitely not going down. But, uh, yeah, what about what do you think about the uh, the Blades? They're not going down. Let's just start right there. Um, Sean Dyke. Right? Is it Sean Dyke or no? Uh, Chris no, Wilder. Burnley yeah, and Sheffield, I respect both of the ways they play. They play some dirty, gritty football, soccer, and we can appreciate that. Let me tell you about a signing, though, that I am very high on for the Blades. Let me tell you about a loss from another team that is going to get them relegated. Callum Robinson. In all comps last year for West Brom, 35 goals, 18 assists. That is fucking production. I don't care. That is, those are off the charts numbers. I'm not saying he's going to repeat this in the Premier League because that would be stupid. Will he get double-digit goals? I think it's possible. Yeah. Will he get 20-plus total goal contributions? Also possible. I think this kid is a good young player. He's only 25, so he's not a kid, but he's, uh, he's entering his prime, and I think he's going to be an upgrade in Sheffield's attack, which is definitely where they were lacking. 
Uh, you, you had flashes where they could score some goals, but Sheffield is about grinding out results. It's about tactical fouling, and uh, it, it's a respectful way to play, and I'm definitely with you. They're, they're not getting relegated. However, I, I don't think they finished where they did this year. I think that was uh, – I don't want to say it was a fluke because it's definitely a repeatable process, but I think the teams around them got better. Yeah. I agree. All right. Now we are moving on to the team that lost, Mr. Callum Robinson. We are talking about West Brom. Uh, yeah. What to say about West Brom? Uh, uh, nice knowing you, but uh, have fun in the championship again next season. I mean, no chance they stay up. Zero chance, not a snowball's chance now. So uh, that's they can sign whoever they want. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I I don't see any signings that were actually solid for them. No, it's it's. uh, I just you can't come up to the Premier League and spending wrong and missing on signings is different, but not what it looks like is they're not attempting to sign that player who can keep them up. They're losing that player that can keep them up, like you said. So I, I have no hope for them, to put it kindly. So <laughs> we'll we'll see what they do. But yeah, twentieth, uh, firmly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am all the way with you there. They are going to finish last in the Premier League. I wouldn't say put your mortgage on it, but maybe maybe an engagement ring. Put that on it. Um. <laughs> You see these clubs get promoted, and they have a splash. They they spend a lot of money on new players. Fulham did it. Leeds did it. West Brom is the odd man out. They did not spend. And who else didn't spend last year? Norwich. Hmm. Yeah. Where did they finish? 20th. 20th. They don't write back down. West Brom yeah. is a respectable club. Wish they could stay. But uh, really not much to talk about with them. They are going down. So I think they get another chance in a season. I do think they go down. I do think they do the double bounce. Bounce down this year and then bounce back up. But uh, we'll see if they can take that chance next time. But yeah. uh, we'll see. But nothing this year. Nothing at all. Nothing. All right. <clears throat> now on to a manager I know you're not fond of. A team you might not be fond of. We're talking about West Ham United, the boys under David Moyes. How do you think they, they do this year? Uh, well, West Ham, you know, they're safe. I think they're safe. Uh, I just think they were fighting for it last year. They didn't get – they got a little bit better. The one signing I want to point out is uh, Tomas Susek, D-mid, yeah, that – what is Declan Rice leaving or something? I don't know. Uh, but we'll see about that. But nothing really major. I mean, they got Osama Ashley, who's a good youth player and my a nice winger. So there, but I wouldn't I'd be surprised if they went down, but nothing really major. But David Moyes is he's built for West Ham. He can't manage a big club. West Ham's not a big club. And He'll keep him up. He'll do his job and he'll keep his job for another year, but don't expect anything from him. 
nothing. Not even I wouldn't even say good uh good football. Or soccer, good soccer. Yeah, no, uh nothing. I mean they got some good What do you think for more towards relegation or mid table? Uh, right in the middle. Right in the middle, like fourteen. Hmm. Fourteen hmm. I'd put them. But like my table, you know, that bottom half is pretty close, so anything can happen, but I don't see them going down. The uh, thing about West Ham, uh, Michael Antonio, that's how I'm pronouncing it, if it's correct, he had a very good finish to the season. He is why that they ended up being not relegated, even though they were tied on points with a few clubs. um, If he can continue that form, I see an improvement in the team. But like you said, at the end of the day, David Moyes is not meant for a big club. Um, I don't think he's a great manager all in all. And uh, West Ham didn't do enough to get better. Uh, As a club that's based in London, you would think that they should have higher aspirations than what they do. But uh, I I really don't think they did enough. I'm with you there. I, I got them finishing a little bit below 14th I think they'll you know much like this year they'll be mildly safe from relegation but uh they're still going to be in that fight till maybe a month or two left in the season in my opinion okay all right next another club that I'm very fond of another club I've been waiting to talk about dying to talk about because the players because the managers because of everything that they're doing we're talking about Southampton this is the hottest take I'm going to have on the podcast. Let me tell you now. These guys kept Kyle Walker-Peters, who was an integral part of their defense, and is honestly a top-six caliber player. He is solid. He plays solid defense. He senses danger well, and he don't take chances. He got a brain in that head, and he will clear the ball when he needs to clear it. He'll play a nice long ball when he needs to play it, and he's dangerous in the air because he's a big boy. Other than that, I wish they would have signed Weston McKinney. I wish they would have kept Hoiber. But that's that's not what makes this team go. The man in charge, yep. Ralph Hazen Hootel, coming from Red Bull Leipzig, tremendous goal-scoring record wherever he's gone. I think they're going to be a really good club. Now, Danny Ings isn't going to be able to repeat what he does. But they have other good players. They're going to be able to score goals next year. And honestly, I I think they push for Europa League. I, I really do. And that may be my bias, speaking as a City fan. Just remembering that 1-0 they dished out to us in the hands of Nathan Redman and the boys. But, uh... I, I really think they're a good team. I'm very fond of the manager, and uh, I, I can't see him finishing mid-table this year. I think they're a better club than that. I think they're going to play good, fun soccer. They're going to score lots of fucking goals. Danny Yanks is back for England. I, I love him as a team. What do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah I do think that uh, they're a good squad, a great manager. I have them top ten. I have them top ten. 
they definitely could make that Europa League push. Um, again, it, they play, they show up, they show up to the games they need to show up in. And I, I know it more, uh, like, you know, it, I know it with the, uh, the drawing United in the final kick of the game off a corner. It's they, they show up when they need to show up. So that's why I think, uh, they'll beat the teams they need to beat. And then they'll, like I keep saying, they'll show up, but, uh, yeah, around 10th for him. I like them. I like them a lot. They're going to play some good, exciting ball. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, they're probably, for good reasons, one of the bigger question marks this season. Like, are they going to live up to this potential? Are they going to exceed it? Because they could very well go on either end of the spectrum. They could finish in a Europa League spot, or they could they very well could be down there in 14th, 15th. So, I'm excited to see what they do. I do think that they'll put out a good season, especially by their standards. I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Another another fun stat for Southampton though. Outside of the top six, they had the best finish in the Premier League post coronavirus. I think huh? they're gonna make up that Everton role. They're the best of the rest. That's where that's that's how I think of that team. They're the best of the rest. But that being said, it all depends on Danny Ings. That attack goes as Danny Ings go. He is a beast, but you got to see if he can repeat his performance last year. And if they can, I think they push for Europa. Mm-hmm. All right. Now we are moving on to a club that doesn't have any trophies. But they have a great man at the helm and a man with a track record of being great in his second season in charge. We're talking about Josie Mourinho, the boys in London, Tottenham, Hot Spur. What do you think about him? Love him this year. Absolutely love him. Uh, I'm going to start off with this probably hot take, but uh, they comfortably finished third in the Premier League. Comfortably. Uh, and by comfortably, I mean five points. So it'll be wrapped up by the last game of the year. But uh, I, I just love him. Jose in his uh, second season is, is insane. They, they call him the special one for a reason. He's going to do special things at this club. They will win the Europa League. Uh, and I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what they can do. Hoiberg, great signing. Joe Hart, good depth. I mean, Matt Doherty, or Doherty however you want to call him. Uh, excellent player. He was in a growth of goals. Yeah, they, they got stronger while making competition weaker, and that's incredible. So good on them. Their first full season under uh, Jose, so we'll see. And I, I got high hopes for him. I got high hopes. I hope they mess up because it's direct competition to United, but I don't think they will. I think they're going to prove a lot of haters wrong, and then the collapse will come next season. So yeah. uh, I'm absolutely with you there. I think Jovi's a great coach. As a City fan, we have a lot of problems with this Spurs team. Still got nightmares about him. I, I can't help but respect him. Everybody was laughing at Josie a few years ago when he said United finishing second was the best accomplishment in his career. But being sure. how that claim, yeah, it, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. You can't deny it. 
Uh, third, I, I think they're going to finish third or fourth. I definitely got them in the top four, though. Um, that is the team that I was talking about when I said Chelsea won't finish fourth. I think it's City, United, Spurs, Liverpool. You can mix up that bot, that the, the second, third, fourth order, but I don't think Chelsea cuts it when that's the competition. Okay. Okay, yeah, uh, I, uh, the only difference I have there is Chelsea for Liverpool. I just, right. I think it's, it's going to be tight. That four spot's going to be tight, but uh, I just think you know, there's a lot of frauds on that Liverpool team. <laughs> a lot of frauds. A lot of frauds, mainly one at center back that's from the Netherlands. But um, we'll see. We'll see. I think, I think teams are learning how to play them. I don't think that was just a lockdown hangover. Uh, I think teams are starting to catch up to this Liverpool side. All right, and on to our next team, our final team, actually. A team that I used to like, but I don't like the moves they've made lately. We're talking about the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, some notable signings. We have Fabio Silva from FC Porto. Signed him for 44 mil. Um, he, he did not start for Porto. That is Marega's spot at striker. But if you're going to pay 44 mil, especially given the track record that Wolves has for Portuguese players, hey, uh, let's give it a shot. Uh, notable loss, though. Even though he didn't play a ton, Elder Colza, he's back to Leeds. And we got a very important loss, in my opinion, Matt Doherty. He played right back and he played midfielder for them. Although he's not great in the middle of the park, it's, a, it's another depth guy that they have. And I think that they're not going to finish in the Europa League spot. I think they're going to be just outside. Not going to get relegated or anything. It's still going to be a mid-table team, competitive, but not much improvement happening there. What about you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have him at a... Uh, <clears throat> I'm at ninth in the league, so I'm definitely a dip. Um, Fabio Silva, beast, absolute stud. Him and Adama, it's going to be good link-up play. I think uh, this signals Jimenez. Nah, this may be his last season at Wolves, uh, but you don't break your transfer record unless it's a stud, and that's the word that I would use to describe uh, Fabio. He is... Insane. Insane. Didn't play a lot, but this kid is – just watch. He's going to be good. He's going to be real good this year, and uh, I do like that. But, yeah, the loss of Doherty is uh, is a big one, huge one, especially to lose him to someone who you were directly fighting with last year is not something you want to do. That's not a model I would follow. And mm-hmm. uh, just I don't see him being competitive for that Euro- European spot. Don't see it, but I do see them being a competitive team. You know, they're a tough place to go. They're always a tough team to play because um, Nuno Espiritu Santo is a great manager, in my opinion. You know, the Wolves don't really spend that much, and he keeps them competitive year in, year out. All right. So that about wraps it up for our EPL predictions. You heard who we think we're going to get relegated. You heard who's going to place top four. You heard the fight from mid-table. Now we're on to predicting the awards. First, 
we're going to start off with the most prestigious of awards. One that I think is inevitably going to be snubbed from Kevin De Bruyne this year. We're talking about PFA. Who is your pick for player of the year in England this year? Bruno Fernandez. And I say this because based off my table, yeah, City are going to win the league. But they've done that. If United are able to get second, like I have them, uh, go. And even though I know it doesn't matter outside of the Premier League, but it definitely plays a part on the mind of the people who decide the awards. If United can make some type of run in other competitions, I definitely think that it's going to be Bruno's fault. Anything that happens is his fault on this team. And whether it's good or bad, and it's been all good, so I definitely think he, he'll he take it. So he's kind of my hot take pick, but my real pick. But, you know, De Bruyne or Sané could also be up there with people just based on talent. But I do think it'll go to Bruno. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I, I think Bruno isn't a bad pick, considering the goal contribution numbers he had once he came into United. Um. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for another relatively hot take, depending on what you think about the player. Talking about a guy who had a tough end of the season after an amazing improvement this year. Talking about a guy who has been at the forefront of the fight for racial injustice in the Premier League. I'm talking about the guy who couldn't score a tap in against Lyon. Raheem Sterling. It is his revenge tour this year. He is going to improve to another fucking level. He's going to have 40-plus goal contributions this year. You heard it here first. He's my pick for player of the year, and he will be the best player on Manchester City last next year. He's going to redeem himself for what he did. We're all going to see. Kane should have cut it back. He should have cut it back. That was a fluke what happened against Leon. He's outgrown that habit. He's going to show you guys that that was just one time. <laughs> you laugh. Like, stop, stop hating on my boy, man. Stop hating on I, I mean, I mean, flukes are, are one-time deals, right? Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a fluke. And uh, he's not – I wouldn't even put him in the top three best player on City. But – yeah, I mean, definitely a hot take. Definitely a hot I thought you were talking about Marcus Rashford for a second, but then uh, you switched Rashford. it up with I'm missing not, a tap. Wouldn't be a bad take either. Wouldn't switched it up with missing either. a tap. In. So I, I don't think, know. Uh, I think he improves again. Doubles yeah. down on those 17 goal. What, what did he have? Almost 30 goal contributions this year? The Thunder? Uh, yeah, I don't have the exact number, but around there, him yeah. and Martial, uh, were, I think, tied for the leading score in the Premier League for United with 16 each. So, solid, solid. And those are our takes for PFA Player of the Year. Um, both relatively hot takes. I think Bruner, Bruno, Bruno, the mildly colder one. He's a great player. He's a blue guy. He transformed Man United, so. We're gonna do about that. Next, who is your pick for the top assister in the league? Um, 
you know, I'm just gonna, I am uh, gonna keep with my gut, keep with what I said earlier, and I'm gonna give it to the main man, the Colombian magician, the guy with a wand of a left foot, James Rodriguez. Um, the guy's gonna come in, and no one's gonna know what hit him. We're forgetting this guy has won multiple Champions League. We're forgetting this guy won. Should have won the Golden Ball 2014 World Cup. Guy was six goals, three assists, and what, five games? So this, there's talent. There's talent, and he's with the coach that he's worked the best under in his whole career. So um, if anyone can unlock James and turn him into the player that I know he can be and that all the haters think he can't be, will it'll be something special to watch. And I could, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended with around 20 assists, 21 assists. And I think that that'll take it. Wow. I mean, I said that was a hot take before. It's still a hot take. It hasn't settled in on me. I'm one of those haters. I won't lie. I'm not going to cap here on this podcast. I think, I think Hamas is not the player you think he is, but Hey, you're in the know. You'd be calling <laughs> transfers two weeks before they happen. You're a talent scout. So I'm, I'm not going to doubt it too much. <laughs> However, that being said, my pick for the leading sister in the league is the man that should win PFA this year. It's Kevin De Bruyne. There is too much talent on Man City. Hopefully, Aguero is healthy this year. And if Aguero is healthy, that is easy assist. Hopefully, Mares plays more this year. That's more easy assist. Hopefully, my take for Raheem Sterling comes true as well. That'll be even more assist. But what's really going to drive up those assist numbers is the link-up play between him and my man's with the bowl cut, inviting bitches to the hotel room. Phil Foden, you see the practice tape. You see what he does when he plays. The man is a good passer. He's really good on the ball. But I think his best aspect of his game is actually him being able to score goals from the midfield. He makes very intelligent runs forward. And that's why Pep is comfortable playing him in a striker's role, in a winger role, or in a midfielder role. I think he's going to have a much increased role on Man City this year. And because of his performance, De Bruyne's numbers are going to go up. Trent and Andy, fuck yeah. I ain't touching that again. I don't care. All right? I got, I got KDB. All right. Next we got, uh, what you want? Manager or Golden Gloves? Uh, that's a... Uh... Well, Golden Glove, we'll just knock that one out really quick, and uh, I'll give it to whoever's the starting keeper for Manchester United. Uh, I'm going to say David De Gea. Um, I mean, De Gea didn't really have competition last year, and I think competition, it breeds excellence, you know, like, uh, like we talked about earlier. And De Gea, at one point, was widely regarded as the best keeper on the planet. And there's still at an age where he can get back to that. And I think uh, another year of that back line gelling together, the possible signing of uh, Relion. Uh, so Williams doesn't have to play left back anymore. It'll help out this team. It'll help out him. 
And uh, yeah, I just think he's he's still top class, world class, top drawer, shot stopper. Mental errors, you got to tune those back a little bit, but you need someone to save a shot. It, I'd call on Dave, and that's why I'm uh, I'm picking him with a round. I'd say I'll think the Golden Glove gets probably like 14, 15, 16 uh, clean sheets this season around there. Probably 16. So that's my pick. Look, if that is the number, if it's 14, 15, 16, that's a lock. That's who, if they can accomplish that, I, I like that. I like that a lot. But it's maybe biased, but I'm going to have to go with whoever the keeper is on the other side of Manchester. This team is proven to dominate. Ederson, as much as he fucked up last year, I believe he was tied for or won the Golden Glove, right? Mm-hmm. So, just given on the talent of the team, these these low life fast teams like West Brom, uh, you know, we have a the odd upset against Newcastle against Norwich last year. I hear you, but the vast majority of the time we play these smaller clubs that they just have less talent than us. They're, they just can't get anything done because we control the ball 80% of the time. And it's not that Ederson or Zach Steffen is going to be the best keeper in the front. That's not it. It's just the amount of possession that City usually has, it's just super hard to score goals on them. Like, that's it. You saw the Southampton game, 1-0. Mm-hmm. That goal was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> they, they had the ball like 20% of the time. Like, it's it's hard to score goals on them because they're controlling the ball, not because the keeper's great. So I'll have to go with uh, Ederson for now. Fingers crossed it's Zach Steffen. That would be dope, but uh, it's it's the Brazilian guy for now. All right. All right. Steffen would actually be the goalkeeper, not not the possession, because you know that's someone who can actually save a shot. True. Yeah, I, I, I'd like to think he can guard his near post somewhat uh, somewhat well. Something that Ederson yeah. Bit of an issue with lately. Yeah, I can't do. I don't want to get him to this Leon game. He, he fucked up at the other end of the pitch, but that goalkeeper was not sound at all. Not at all. Yeah, he gave up. Pain. Pain. All right. <laughs> Moving on to the manager of the year award. Something I think is given way too often to the best team the manager who manages the best team in England. I appreciate more of doing more with less. A low, a low expectation with a high yield. That being said, and I don't know if the expectations are this low, I have Marcelo Bielsa as my pick for manager of the year. This is going to be a Wolves-like story. They're going to bust into the Premier League, and they're going to fucking take bodies. They're going to get results. And everybody's going to realize, if they haven't already, I don't know how he happened. He's a great manager. But they're going to realize how great he is. He's going to win Manager of the Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that pick. My pick is just going to be more of the the cut and dry. Uh, I think it's Pep. Uh, They're going to win the league. They're going to win it by some margin. And uh, I think you're just going to have to default and give it to them at that point. Cause I think city are going to be a, a near and 
that 100-point tally once again. They're not going to get there, but they'll, they'll be up there. So I think it's got to be Pep. We've said before, though, Pep is, Pep is a fraud. Oh, yeah, I hate Pep. He's a fraud. Isn't an actual good coach. He benefits from inheriting great squads, spending billions of dollars everywhere he goes. I mean, if you put an actual coach with the city team, I bet they'd have a UCL by now. Why do you think he want to mess you so bad? Why do you play Fernandinho in a 3-5-2 at the outside center back role with Kyle Walker covering him in front? That is weakness. That is an exposed weakness that Leon took advantage of. It was obvious. What the hell is he doing? I, I'm I'm with you. As much as I, I love I love City and uh, I like Pe- I, I guess I like Pep. You're right. There's there's been really no key players that he signed at City. He's inherited that squad, and uh, he hasn't lived up to expectations at this point. Nobody really talks about that. So. Yeah. I, that's that I wouldn't give him it, but I, I see you thinking there because you know Klopp won it this year, possibly yeah. deserved, in my opinion. I think Wilder or Dyke were more deserving, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, that does it for the awards this year. Now we're moving on. What about Golden Boot? We did Golden Boot first, right? No, that was Player of the Year. And then a sister. Oh, shit. You're right. Golden Boot. Who you got? Uh, Golden Boot. Hmm. I'm going to go with Harry Kane. I think uh, he'll win it. He's, he's going to have to be a big part of this Spurs team. And uh, just like that Mourinho side that got second place at United, a lot of nitty-gritty gro- nitty goals. And Kane's uh, out and out nine. He's going to know where to stand. He's going to know where to be. He's going to have a lot of tap-ins, a lot of balls that hit off him and go in, but he's also going to have his good goals scored. So I think it has to be him this year. Uh, I think he has a good return. Yeah. If he can stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, then I think it's it's his to lose. Yeah, um, I, I, that's, that's the thing. I think whoever wins the golden boot, I think it's about a matter of health because I got two picks. I got, I got Kane or Aguero. And both of them have a bit of an injury history. And I think if either of them are able to stay healthy for a whole season, those are really the only two picks you can have for Golden Boot. They're, they're goals. They're, they're walking goals. Yeah. In basketball, they say he's a bucket. You know, these guys will score goals for you. And that's the end of the story. They have been for years now. They will continue to do for a few years. I like that pick. All right. Now, on to the red, white, and blue. The boys that play for the U.S. of A. We're talking about movements. We're talking about expectations for our boys. Who would you like to start off with? Um, let's get a, probably the biggest transfer story in the American uh, media right now. Mm-hmm. Weston McKinney, first American, first American to play at the old lady. So um, huge, 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 huge that a midfielder from America was handpicked as Pirlo's first signing as Juventus manager. I think that says a lot. I I love it. He's going to learn from one of the best midfielders of all time. So um, 
can't complain not even a single bit about this move because I think he'll play. I think he'll learn and he gets to play with some of the best to get a winning mentality. And I hopefully some of that Ronaldo mentality rubs off on him and he can bring it back to uh, the national team. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you all the way there. It, you can say Messi's the go, you can say Ronaldo's the go, but one thing that is undeniable is Ronaldo's work ethic. Mm-hmm. You don't get a fucking eight pack when you're when you're as old as he is and keep it for as long as he has without some hard work every single day on the training pitch and in the weight room. I think Weston's going to benefit from that. I think more than anything, he's going to benefit from having a defined role, something he didn't have at Shock. He played all over the pitch. I think he played everything at Shock except for in the top three. And I could be wrong there. He he probably might have played there once in a while. Uh, he did play striker back, again. Back, center back. He did? Yeah, he played striker. Oh, God. See, uh, but but Pirlo has clearly decided, uh, defined him as the guy who wins the ball back. The guy wins the ball back and links up with the midfield. And that is going to be not, not only beneficial for Juventus, because their midfield was a glaring weak point in the team last year. I think that's why they got knocked out of Champions League. Ronaldo can only score so many penalties and tap-ins. You got to link him up. You got to give him more service. He's, a, he's still a great player. I think Weston's going to strengthen that midfield, strengthen that defense. And being around good players like that, it's going to allow him to perform better for Team USA. And hopefully, Greg Berhalter, who we both feel should lose his job sooner rather than later, I think he'll finally realize not to play him at the 10. He realize that he is a holding midfielder through and through. He's a ball winner. He is, as I said before, the asshole that you need in every team. And I, I think he's just going to do great things at Juventus. When do you think he, when do you think he got the starting spot? Uh, week one. Week one? Yeah. Hot take. Piping hot. Yeah, I, I, think, I, uh, I think he slots right into the midfield. And him and Arthur develop a partnership that'll that'll be really good. That's dangerous. That's a, that's a yeah. good looking partnership. All right. So next, I'm gonna move on to a guy that we all know and we all love, Christian Pulisic. He more than exceeded expectations last year. It seemed from an American point of view or from any point of view, really, that Chelsea went as he goes. And I think that that's going to continue next year. I think he gets around 30 goal contributions total. I think he becomes a better player because of the players he's going to have to beat out for that spot. And the thing is, I don't know where he's going to play, but I think rather if he plays a 10 or if he plays at left wing, He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be a solid player, and honestly, the the sky's the limit for the kid. The sky is really the limit. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, he he's going to be, if not already, the best American player of all time, and uh, and he will be unveiled as Chelsea number ten uh, in the coming weeks. So I think all great things. You know, he has the talent. He has the mindset. Uh, and he's at the right age. He, you know, he didn't. He never took that step from MLS to Europe. He was made in Europe. So I think uh, 
U.S. have a potential world-class player on their hands with him and the genuine leader and captain of America for the next 15 years. So it's going to be fun to watch. Captain America. Only great things to come. Oh, yeah. You want to talk about uh, somebody he should be playing balls into every week but has not officially taken the spot from Josie Altador. We're talking about Josh Sargent. What do you think he's going to do this year? Uh, love him. I, I think he's going to have his breakout season at uh, Vorder Bremen. And um, just listening to what the manager has to say about him, that he can't imagine a starting 11 without Josh. And I don't mm-hmm. think a manager can give you a better compliment than that going into the beginning of the season. So, you know, him, uh, there's Manchester United loney, Taith Chong, left wing, who I think he'll benefit a lot from being someone who can put balls in, who will take some of that attacking load off of him. Uh, Yeah, and I think he has the potential to be at a huge club and play that number nine. I mean, I compare his play style, not ability or uh, potential maybe, but his play style out to Benzema. He can distribute, he can finish, uh, and he's can he can even play out on the right wing. So there's there's a lot to like with this kid, and I think he's gonna have his breakout year. Definitely. He's a he's a player that can do more than just score goals. And uh as far as the USA goes, I think playing alongside a player like Pulisic, who has proven he is a dangerous player, just attacking all around, paired with Gio Reyna and Tim Way. I think he, he's going to be integral for uh, the USA and for Werder Bremen. A, a great player. Look look forward to seeing him play more. Yeah, definitely. All right. My favorite player as of right now on the USA, rumored for a move to Red Bull Leipzig. We're talking about Brendan Aronson. If I had to compare him to a player right now, I'd say he compares favorably to uh, Kai Havertz, maybe a Timo Werner. I know they're all in Chelsea. Um, maybe a, uh, maybe like a Joshua Kimmich type. No, not not Kimmich. I mean a uh, Thomas Muller type. He, he's an attacking midfielder, but he has the ability to play like a striker. He gets up the field. He plays dangerous balls in, and he makes dangerous runs in behind. Uh, There's rumors that he's got a move to Leipzig coming. I would absolutely love to see him play there. That is exactly the type of soccer that I want to see our boys playing, attacking, free-flowing, get forward, take risks, do all that stuff that he's good at. However, the only thing is Philadelphia Union, shout out Philly, um, they said they're going to sell him. MLS teams have a hard time letting people go for a reasonable price, given that we're not a developed league. We don't have a extensive track record of successful signings. They might need some at a discount, but I hope he just gets out of the USA as soon as possible because it's just not the best soccer. It's just not where you develop. You got to go to Europe. I'd, I, I would prefer even a South American club, even a Central American club, but MLS is just not the wave right now. Yeah, I, I agree. He definitely needs to uh, get out of the MLS because he's clearly 
already done what he needs to do there. Uh, I think he has potential to be a – he could be a key player for the national team. I think he has a long way to go in terms of uh, being a regular for the U.S. because there are people who can play his position or in his position that are already doing it in Europe. You look at a guy like Gio Reyna, and so that's his competition. And Gio's been over there, and he's starting at a Champions League side, whereas Aronson's struggling to get a move to Europe. Albeit not his talent, because his talent's there to make that jump, but he still has not made the move yet, and he's older than Reyna. So it's going to be an uphill battle for him, but uh, I think he does have the potential to be to be an important player for the U.S. For sure, for sure. All right. Um, who would you like to talk about next? We got, uh, I think we got two, maybe three more really key important USA, USA players. We got Desk. Got Daryl DK, got Ulysses, got Zach Stefan. Who, who, who? Uh, Wea. Wea. Yeah. What about Wea? What do you think about him? Uh, yeah. So, Tim Wea, um, another guy. I think he's my favorite U.S. men's national team player. Just the way he plays, the flair, the style he has with him. Um, and I think he, without a doubt, has the highest ceiling on this men's national team. Uh, just you look at who he, in his young career, he came up playing behind and who he learned from. He learned from Neymar. Albeit he was young, he learned from Mbappe. You know, he's learning from Di Maria. He learned from uh, all those types of players that were at PSG, the Cavani's of the world. You know, he had big players in front of him already at a young age that rubbed off on him. And I mean, just pure raw natural talent. No one comes close to Wea in this pool, I think it's if he hits his stride and can avoid injuries, hopefully uh, his hammy's not going to act up on him. I think he'll be a key player and a starter for uh, Lil this year, and he's going to be someone to watch out for. He, this may be, this is probably a very hot take, but uh, he stays healthy and he progresses as I think he will progress. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, picks up an award like his father did gets a Belondo or somewhere in his career, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. This next generation is wide open. Uh, it's, it already has like Mbappe, Marcus Rashford, those players that uh, are kind of set on and to be in that conversation. I think he can slide up right in there with them and be in that crop as well. So we'll see. We'll see. But definitely the guy I'm highest on right now. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I, I can't believe I missed out on him. Just uh... – for you people who haven't watched the U the U twenty one World Cup from two summers ago, right? Yeah, that's all you need to know. Go watch that team and go watch the way he played. I know it's a young young man's competition. I know that teams like Nigeria end up winning that World Cup because it, it's not it's not necessarily like uh, it doesn't necessarily translate to uh, to the senior level. But if you watch this kid and didn't think he had talent, then I don't know what to tell you. He's great on the ball. He can play winger. He can play striker. He, he's, he's just a threat, and that, that is of utmost importance in any team. Yep. Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, another guy uh, would be uh, Tyler Adams. You know, Tyler Adams is uh, he's a rock. He 
scored the goal that sent Leipzig to the uh, UEFA Champions League semifinal. And uh, I'm pretty sure that no other American can say that. Uh, so, you know, and being a defensive or a holding midfielder, box-to-box type of guy, that's impressive that he can, he can find the net and also just the potential he has and what he's already done. I mean, injuries have derailed him like a lot of these U.S. stars that are coming up, which is pretty concerning. But, I mean, he it's all there. He can be that guy in the middle. He's not going to be flashy. He's not going to get highlights. He's not going to be that guy. But he's the guy that's going to go around and you're not going to know he's on the field because he didn't make a mistake. He's like a lineman in football. The less you talk about him, the better he does. And that's how I feel it's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I definitely i am with you with the, uh, the Tyler Adams. He's a rock. He's a solid player. He sent Leipzig to the Champions League uh, semifinal. Yeah, semifinal. And it, what's even more impressive to me is despite the injury history, when he got healthy, he walked back into that team. Yeah. He is a solid player in that team. He has his spot down packed. And Red Bull is no joke. They haven't been a joke for years ever since they got the it became Red Bull basically and they spent all that money. Um he he's a solid player and I think him and Weston are gonna be the, the engines that make this US team go in years to come. I agree. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And uh another guy that uh will be a integral part in this team moving forward who uh, according to who I talked to has secured a move to Germany and it's just waiting to be done uh, is Serginio Dest, the fullback over there at Ajax. Um, He is the modern fullback to put it short. Uh, Just this guy is attacking. He's skillful. He has great ball control. He can put in a cross, in any type of cross, whip it, hard, driven, whatever you need. And he'll be a he'll be a big upgrade offensively over uh, Yedlin on the right side. Uh, defensively, I'd say they're at about the same right now, but Des being a teenager definitely can improve. Going to a big team like Bayern will improve on his defensive side if he wants to play. So that's uh that's a guy I'm really hopeful for and I think a guy that will be a household name pretty soon for American soccer fans. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love the way Des plays. He's amazing on the ball. He he's very skilled as a fullback. Like you said, the modern fullback. Best way to describe him. Um Yeah, I, I would like to see his defensive game improve a little bit. Because I think if there's a, a weakness in this USA team in years to come, it's definitely at the back. Midfield solid, attack solid, goalkeeper on another level. Um, it, it's just that defense. So I, I'd like to see him be more disciplined. But uh, if you're saying he's got to move to a bigger club in Germany, I definitely believe it. And I think that's a move uh, that, that will benefit him in the long run because he's going to ask, be asked to, to do more, to, to have a set role in the team and uh, kind of sacrifice for the other guys around him. Because when you're surrounded by great players, it's more about doing your job rather than showing off trying to be great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any, any other USA players you want to talk about? 
Um, I don't think so. I think that's uh, all the major ones. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see how Ulysses does at Wolfsburg, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's yet to be determined yet, you know? Yeah, we'll see if he can uh, break into that first team. If he does, though, watch out for us. Yeah. All right. Last, but certainly not least, on the podcast, we are going to give you some gambling picks for this weekend. Even if you don't like soccer and you just like money, totally respectable. We're going to give you what our favorite picks for the weekend are. They might be money lines. They might be over-unders. But we're going to go down the list. First game we have is Arsenal versus Fulham. Hammer that money line. All I got to say, Arsenal is going to come out with a statement. They need to. They had good form at the end of last season. And I think that I just cannot see them losing that game. What about you? No, yeah, that's definitely Arsenal's going to win. You never know by how much because it's Arsenal, but definitely a team that'll they'll walk out of there with three points and Fulham will start on the wrong foot and uh, continue their journey back to the championship. Yeah, definitely. Uh, maybe not take the spread on that. Might not be great money for the money line, but uh, Arsenal will get three points from that game. Heard it here first. All right, second on the list. We have Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park versus Southampton. What do you think? Who do you think takes that? Uh. I think that I know this one's kind of a tough one to call. Mm. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty close game, but I do see Southampton edging it out and uh, start like they're just a better team. Uh, Zaha could have a day and that could change things, but it's a close game to call. And I think Southampton's a better team in this one. Yeah. If, uh, if anything, I, I take the Southampton double chance, probably good money on it, given that they're the away team. Um, I think they secure at least a draw streaks uh, in this game. Five out of six of the last games have been under two and a half goals, but don't let that fool you. Rob and Hootl is going to score them goals. So I, I think they could get, get a point out of this. Next we got Liverpool versus Leeds United. Historic matchup. What do you got? That's, that's Liverpool all the way. Leeds doesn't have a chance in this game. Uh, champions are going to come out strong after a very, very weak preseason and try and prove people wrong that are doubting them like me. So I don't think Leeds has a snowball's chance in hell in here. There's no shot they would come out of here with any type of points. Yeah, as high as I am on Leeds, um, I'm going to have to agree with you on this. It's Liverpool. It's Leeds. This team just got promoted. Uh, it's at Anfield, although there's no fans. Uh, I still think that's a tough out. So uh, I like Liverpool on that as well. Mm-hmm. Now going to one of the tighter games of the weekend. Something that might be tough to call. We got West Ham United at home versus Newcastle United. Yeah, that's uh, – I'm going to think that one's only one goal if that's going to be scored in that game. And I – but honestly, I think – it's going to walk, uh, be a lot. I think it's going to end nil-nil and finishing the draw. Neither of these teams can attack too well. 
Newcastle decide decide to spend uh, money on strikers that can't score when they already have one of those. So I don't think anyone scores in this game. And West Ham, this is a good opportunity for them to pick up three points start the season. And I do not think they capitalize. Yeah. Um, more, more, I definitely safe bet under three and a half goals. It's super safe. Um, I think only once or twice in the last six meetings they've scored over that. So history of the point that there's not a lot of goals in this game. <clears throat> Next, on the 13th, we got West Brom hosting Leicester. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I think for this one, I mean, easy Leicester win. Again, championship team with their first game in England. You can say what you want about the lack of Leicester signings or how they didn't make sense. But uh, it's, it's a better team. And at the end of the day, Schmeichel is a great goalkeeper and I think having a great goalkeeper gives you the edge in in, in most in most games. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um I think Leicester will pull this one out. Uh I don't think they'll play particularly well, so I wouldn't expect a lot of goals, but I definitely think they'll walk out of their three points. Next, I'll let you call this one. Tottenham hosting Everton. Who do you got? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, uh, I'm going to go Tottenham on this one just because I don't think Everton's midfields will have gelled yet, and that's going to be the biggest part. Uh, I think a couple of goals are scored. Uh, I think it'll be 2-1 or 1-1. It's, this is a tough one. This is probably the closest one of uh, the bunch for me. So this is a tough one to call, but I do, if you're going to pick someone to win, I had to go with Spurs. Yeah, I'd say I'd lean Spurs too. Definitely a competitive matchup. Two great managers, two teams that I think are going to improve this year. Um, Yeah, personally, I would pick a winner. Uh, Over one and a half goals, like you said, 1-1, 2-1. I I like that a lot. I don't think this is going to be a nil-nil shit show. I think that both teams will probably score, but there's definitely going to be some goals in this game because uh, I just look at the roster. There's too much talent. There's too much talent. Yeah. It's week one. Uh, they're not going to come out flat. All right. And to cap off this wonderful opening week of Premier League football, Sheffield United hosting Wolverhampton Wanderers. Who do you like? Neither of them. I think this is going to be a 2-2 draw. I think, uh, you know, I think you'll start to see all the weaknesses on both sides in this game, and uh, they'll prove why their best finish will be upper mid-table. So I think 2-2, both teams got hurt on their defense, and uh, Sheffield's goalkeeper, obviously a downgrade, and then losing uh, Matt over there at Wolves. It's a tough one for them. So I think 2-2. Uh, not, it won't be an exciting game. It'll be a shit game, but I think that'll be the uh, score line. So I think an over three and a half wouldn't be a bad bet here. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you in that it will be a shit game. But uh, I, I don't think there will be a lot of goals in this one. Sheffield have a brand. Nuno have a brand. 
and neither brand is about scoring goals, in my opinion. So I'd go the under in this game, but uh, I think a draw is very likely. Probably some great money on that. Last game of the weekend, I think this one is an easy, easy pick. We got Brighton hosting Chelsea. Uh, Brighton's all right, but in the last seven games they've played since Brighton has been in the Premier League, they have yet to get a win. Double chance on Chelsea's a lock, but honestly, they're probably just going to beat them down. They're just going to beat them down. What do you think? Yeah, no, this is this is Chelsea's game. Uh, nothing else to say. They're just going to show the golf and talent, the golf and class in this one, and that'll be all she wrote. The game will be over by the hour mark. All right, there you have it. Those are our picks for the weekend. Um, anything else? No, no, I think I think that's everything. All right, thank you everybody who tuned in to listen. We appreciate all the support. Um, we're going to be back next week to analyze the games that happen. Uh, transfer market isn't over, so there might be some new moves that happen by the time this actually airs. Um, that's all she wrote for episode. All right, sweet. Have a have a wonderful rest of your day, bud. You do the same. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Just like my barber says, I can always go lower, baby. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's where. Wake up, wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Yeah. yeah. Gotta hit the blunt to make me focus. Lyrics flowing out like hocus pocus. I don't even really need to talk this to focus. I'm just trying to get rid of the locusts. You know this. Niggas wearing Gucci in the Louis store.